Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The word child in Hebrew is yeled, means lad. So it speaks of Christ, of his human nature, of his human parents. The word son in Hebrew means bane, which actually speaks of his divine origin. So the reason I believe Isaiah started with this first sentence, a child is born, a son is given, is revealing that this coming Messiah is going to be all God and all man. That right from the beginning of this verse, this prophecy that was given 700 years before the Messiah came, it was setting the stage for what he was about to say about Christ. But he was sort of preparing that, that, that Christ is the center of everything we do. In fact, our whole life, Christ is the focus. It's the center. Everything in Scripture is pointed to Christ. The Old Testament gives prophecies and predictions. The New Testament gives revelation and shows as Jesus is revealed on planet Earth. So the first thing we learn about this prophecy, this is about Christ, and that's about our life is focused on Him. That everything we do and say in church, in our lives and in Scripture, all comes and focuses on Christ. Let us never forget that, that everything is about Christ. Uh, Everything is preparing for Christ. And Christ is our focus. He's the one we keep our eyes on no matter where we go. Then we hear these four words, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. They, They describe who he is and what he does. And praise God for our first week uh, message by Dave on Wonderful Counselor. Thank you, Dave. Followed up uh, by Prash on Mighty God. I think I've got the hardest one, though, with Everlasting Father. And I'm going to explain why in a moment. Because those two words, we really don't understand what they mean in Scripture. Our, our, Our understanding of Everlasting, our understanding of Father is flawed. It's filtered through the wrong ideas and experiences. So we're going to do some deep teaching and correcting today through God's Word. But we have five kids, and one of the biggest challenges with having the five kids was finding a name. A name for your child. It's not easy to find the name. Uh, Before Google, there was the baby books. We went to the store and bought all the baby books, right? Uh, And and, and there's all of these challenges because you don't want to give your kid the wrong name. You don't want to ruin their life before they start by giving them the wrong name. Like this family whose last name was Ash. Beautiful name, Ash. And so the father thought, well, we'll call her Keisha. We like Keisha. It's a lovely name. And then the mother thought, well, I had a grandmother whose name was May. So they called this beautiful young girl Keisha May Ash, which sounds fine until you say it really fast on the playground in grade two. Keisha May Ash, Keisha May Ash, kiss my... (laughs) Hey, we can have fun in church. That's funny. Kiss my Keisha May. So you don't want to give your kid the wrong name. Some of you are looking, that's terrible. That's funny. We have one of our values at Elevation is fun, okay? Another value is spirit-led, my wife tells me, and I probably might not be spirit-led in that story, but I just thought it's funny. Keisha May Ash. 
Anyway, that just shows my humor. Um, but naming children is a challenge. For example, if, if you want to name your child a certain name, but your best friend has already used that name, it's off the table. You cannot double up and use the same name that your friend has used. Or let's say you, uh, you, your partner tells you the name, but you knew someone with that name <laughs> and they weren't great. And suddenly, you know, we're not calling them that name. Or you talk to your parents or family members or, or someone had that name that you like, but they're a rat bag. That name, you can't use it, right? There's this big process to filter through names. But it's nothing like what happens in the Hebrew culture. When you pick a name, it has deep meaning. It actually sets the tone for what that child will achieve in their life because there's deep meanings in these names. And we're going to learn about these names today. Well, why are we doing this series in a time when we need to be reminded of who Christ is, in a time we need to be reminded of what he can do, in a time we need to be encouraged, we need to be given hope. I thought there's no better way than this series unto us where for four weeks we focus on Christ. We focus on who He is. We focused on what He will do. That brings faith to our hearts. It encourages us for our future. And it sets us on a path of focusing on what matters. That's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So let's look at this everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Everlasting is the first word that we have to overcome. Nothing on this earth is everlasting. In fact, everything is decaying. It's aging. It's dying. Everything. Our bodies, uh, the planet. So for us to understand everlasting, there's nothing for us to sort of compare that with. So that's a big challenge. Then we use this, way, this name Father. As soon as we hear that word, we filter it through the experiences or the understanding we've gained from our earthly father. Lots of emotions come up. So as soon as we hear everlasting father, we're almost in a handicap that we can't really see the true meaning of these words because our life to this point has almost in some ways been the opposite of what the scripture teaches about these words. So today... We're going to clear our mind of our knowledge of everlasting, clear our mind of our knowledge of Father. We're going to go to God's Word. We're going to unpack it. I believe it's going to set some people free. This has been really powerful for me to study personally, and I pray it will do the same. Firstly, everlasting Father does not mean that Jesus himself is the person of the Father in the Trinity. The idea of these Hebrews' words is that Jesus is the source, the author of all eternity, that he is the creator himself. And the reason this is really hard is when we say the word father, it brings up all these emotions of our earthly father. And somehow we need to leave all that behind and suddenly see the heavenly father in a new light. It's very challenging and very difficult. Um, for me, I grew up in Mona Vale, um, born at Manly Hospital. My father had no idea what he was doing when it came to fathering. 
absolutely clueless. I love him. He's passed away, but he didn't know Christ. He did not know anything about fathering. He thought that was a job for someone else to do. He did not even know anything about being a husband, in fact. He, he was clueless about that as well. So I was born into this family model that didn't reflect Scripture. They, they weren't Christians. They, they didn't understand this whole concept of God or, or, or the values of, 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 of we learn in the Bible. And what made it matters worse is he was a workaholic and an alcoholic. So he had a big business in Brookvale, very successful, very wealthy man. Um, so he was a workaholic, so I never saw him. And, and then he was an alcoholic, so when I did see him, he wasn't there. He was absent. So what that did is a deep, unhealthy work in my life as, as a child, where I felt I never measured up, where I felt I could never impress, where I felt I wasn't good enough. And that drove me to try to gain his affection and to gain his uh, love. And it forced me to become kind of a workaholic myself. And so I took this unhealthy understanding of my dad into my relationship with my God. And I felt I had to perform to earn his love. Or I had to deliver results to find significance. And so there's years and years of really unpacking and, 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 and just counseling and trying to get health. And I even now there's a stain of that wrong, unhealthy thinking that I grew up with, with this earthly dad. Now, I don't know where you're at. Your dad may have abandoned you. There may be abuse. Your dad may have been wonderful. He may have been loving and caring. He may have been, I don't know the emotions that this word father raises in a room this size. It's probably mixed. It's probably extremes. But I do know this. An earthly father cannot compare to our heavenly father. It's impossible. He's God. <laughs> Yet so often we, we filter our relationship with our understanding of our heavenly father through this earthly father experience so I, I i deeply care for you and and i pray that i know that with the holy ghost you can be free and 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 grow through some of the challenges you may have i also believe we can be great fathers for our children i want my kids to always know i love them i'm proud of them i believe in them i will say those things over and over i love you i'm proud of you i believe in you i never heard that from my dad i want my kids to know at least that they're loved, that I'm proud, and I believe in them. But regardless of where your upbringing is at, regardless of what it looks like, I want to teach today what this word Father means in Scripture. I believe it's going to set you free today. The word Father comes from the Hebrew word Ab, and it's got a huge meaning. These two letters, Ab, are just so, so vast in their descriptive nature. It means the head of a household, the founder of a group, originator of a class, uh, of a profession or art. It means author. It means maker, ruler, chief, master, teacher. In Arabic, this word is applied to possessor. Um, it's a term that brings up respect and honor. Orientals have a similar name called visor, whose primary job is supervising and running the country. 
This word father also expresses intimacy, connection, and relationship. So it's far bigger than what you think father means. We look in Scripture in Psalms 103.11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great his love for those who fear him. As a father, this is the word um, that's used in Hebrew, same father, has compassion on his children. Now, this is a compassion that goes beyond any earthly father can show. Compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This word means to deeply love, to have mercy, to, to have tender affection, to have compassion. So our heavenly, heavenly, everlasting Father, He loves you. But we still don't fully comprehend the meaning of the word Father when we try to unpack the name alone. So what we're going to do is we're going to share three attributes that Jesus, this name that He's given the Father, has for you and for me today. I think these examples help us to just hang on and correct our thinking to enlarge our capacity to understand what this word means, Father, in the terms of everlasting Father. The first thought is this. This everlasting Father, He forgives us completely. He forgives us completely. No other Father can do that. No earthly Father, no matter how good you are, you're not going to have the ability or the capacity to forgive someone of their sins. And that's what Jesus does. He can forgive us. Psalms 103 verse 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. Come on. And heals all your diseases. Verse 4. Who redeems your life. This is what the Father does. Redeems your life from the pit. That's a life without Christ. It's in a pit. It's eternity without Christ. It's a pit. It could also be called hell. It's separated from Him. And He crowns you with love and compassion. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far have, has He removed our transgressions from us. He's removed our transgressions. He's removed our sin. He forgives us completely. Let me unpack this. God is pure. God is holy. God is righteous. God is light. There can be no sin. There can be no stain in His presence. And that's a problem for you and I because we're born with sin. That's what separates us from God. And then the other problem we have is our God is a just God. He doesn't change. He can't overlook sin. He can't turn a blind eye. He can't change his mind. I'll let you in, but not you. And, you know, one little sin is okay, but not a big sin. He's consistent. He's righteous. He's holy. And so we have this stain of sin in our lives that we're born with. We have a God who's perfect and holy and righteous and cannot turn away from his nature and who he is. That leaves us with a major problem. Hence, the everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, came to remove our sin, to meet the expectations of God the Father, so that we can be saved. Jesus died on the cross, covered himself in shame and sin, so we could be forgiven and covered in glory. That's good news for all of us today. 
We need to celebrate that one point is enough, that our everlasting Father, He forgives us completely. But there's more that this everlasting Father does in the context of Jesus. He, he forgives us completely and He knows us thoroughly. He knows us thoroughly. Why does that matter? Because you, when you know who you are, you'll you know how to act. You, you'll know who you belong to. You, you'll know what sort of type of life you need to live. The, 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 the father, remember, it, in Hebrew, it means head of the household, founder of the group, um, author or maker. Psalms 103.14, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He knows us. He knows the thoughts, the hairs on your head. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. Why is that even important? Because that means you matter. It means you're a child of God. You're a son and a daughter of the Most High. You're, you're somebody. You're, you're significant. You, you, you're important. You, you matter. You have a Father in heaven that you created you for His glory, for His purpose, to have a relationship with, with Him. Because when you know who you are, you'll know who to act. So my, my third son, Finn, who's 16, shows up a couple of weeks ago with a mullet. I don't know what your stance is on a mullet, but as a parent, I hate the mullet. I hate it. Because to me, it's kind of uh, showing a mark of naughtiness and of the world. And it's sort of, you know, it, it sort of is a mark of I'm just going to up, you know, up, up yours and just go the way of the world. And so when I see this mullet, I just, so the first time he got the mullet, he didn't tell us, right? His friends did the mullet. And he gets home and we're like, in the car, get in the car. You're going to go to hell if you have that mullet. Get in the car now. Oh my gosh, no photos. And so we take him, and he was at night. So the only person that we knew who could cut hair was one of Bonnie's friends that had some scissors in the second drawer. And so she's trying to fix the mullet. And, and, and so that we, we you know, made it through that one. Well, then he gets a mullet a second time. And never again, you know, take him to the hairdressers. We get it done right. And, and you know, he, he then shows up third time. Now, as parents, hey, strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out, buddy. You're off. You're out of the house. Under my roof, there's no mullets. You know, we are just furious. Steam coming out my ears. How could you defy me? How could you go against what? That's not who we are. We are Pallodans. We follow God. Mullets aren't in the Bible. So then he starts quoting scripture to us. He says, well, the Bible says you should take the log out of your own eye before you start taking a speck out of someone else. Then he says, judge not, least ye be judged. And so all these scriptures come in. Don't, don't judge the outward appearance. God judges the heart. And so, oh, PKs, you bring scriptures. You know, we've got problems as parents. And so what do we do about this haircut? And so it created a time for me to say, I just here's why it impacts me so much. I don't want it to be a mark of the world on your heart. I don't want it causes you to drift away from God. You're a child of God. You're destined to follow and serve him all the days of your life. And I don't want this outward appearance 
to be a revelation of what's going on in your heart that you're drifting from God, that you want the world, that you're pursuing other things. So it opened up this big conversation because when we know who we are, we're men and women of God. We're, we're, we're created by God to live for God. He, he knows us thoroughly. He created us. And finally, He forgives us completely, knows us thoroughly. He loves us endlessly. He loves us endlessly. Lord is a compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. God's love can't be measured. It's impossible for our human minds to comprehend. In these challenging times of COVID, we need God's love. In these challenging times of COVID, we need to show God's love. My challenge for us as a church, we would show extra doses of grace, extra doses of patience, extra doses of love for each other, because that's what our God constantly shows for us. He loves us endlessly, like a father and the prodigal son that looks down the road, waiting, hoping, believing, praying for his son to return. It's endless. There's not a used-by date. It doesn't end at a certain time. He loves us endlessly. The, the word everlasting means forever, continuous existence. And nothing on this earth is continuous. That's why it's so hard for us to understand eternity. It's hard for us to understand that His love would never end. It, it never stops. His, his care isn't measured by our performance or what we deserve. His care continues. He, he never leaves us. He never abandons us. He'll never relinquish His promises. And Hebrews 13:5, one of the most powerful verses in Scripture, no matter what you're going through, this is a verse you need to hang on to when you understand who the Father is and who Jesus is as the everlasting Father. Hebrews 13 says, Never, never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Spurgeon says we ought to be content. If we are not content, we are acting insanely. Seeing the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The power of those words, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Spurgeon continues on as he explains this verse, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I cannot under the influence of this grand text find room for doubt or fear. I can't stand here and be miserable tonight. I am not going to attempt such a thing, but I cannot be despondent with such a text as this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I defy the devil himself to mention circumstances under which I ought to be miserable if this text is true. If this text is true, how could we ever be miserable? If this text is true, we would be insane to think we don't have a hope or a future. Child of God, nothing ought to make you unhappy when you can realise this precious text. I'm going to email this 
description from Spurgeon in this text to our church this week. Rowan, wherever you are, send it out on Monday. We are going to read that text. It's going to inspire us day in, day out. How could we be unhappy when you realise how precious this text is? This isn't saying all your problems are going away. This isn't saying we live in a broken world that is dying and decaying. But it does give us a hope that our everlasting Father lives forever, that we will live forever. We will have eternity with Him when we trust and believe in Him, that He is the everlasting Father who can forgive us of our sins. He is the everlasting Father who knows us and our future. He is the everlasting Father who loves us and never quits on us. I've felt so much confidence in this verse when it's been challenging for me to feel I haven't got what it takes. I haven't been a great leader. I haven't been a good pastor. I haven't been here to care for the flock. I haven't been able to travel. As it's torn my heart in two, I've been able to hang on to this verse. There is a God. His name is Jesus. He is our everlasting Father. By the way, I can't do any of those things anyway. So why would I think I could? That my confidence and my faith for you is in Him. That He is the everlasting Father. That He has a plan for you plan for our church that he will not quit on us he will not leave us he will not forsake us no matter what we go through we can hang on to the truth of this great word our everlasting father forgives us completely knows us thoroughly loves us endlessly father i thank you for your son jesus christ i thank you for sharing today god through your word who he is he's trustworthy He's someone we can hang on to. He is our Lord, our Saviour. No matter what we are going through, no matter what we are facing, God, You are enough. And right now, Father, I pray for every person in this place, give us encouragement and hope that we find in our everlasting Father. Father's more than just an earthly term. It's the source. It's the creator. It's the all-powerful, almighty, uh, the capacity to forgive, to set free, to defeat the sin and defeat death. He, He has overcome the world. And everlasting, you'll never leave us. You'll never abandon us. You'll never quit on us. Even though everyone else may, God, you won't. Our faith, our hope, Our confidence is in you. I want to pray for those this morning. And you haven't made this everlasting Father your Lord and your Savior. In fact, you're just going through life. You you don't know that there is a God that can forgive you, that wants a relationship with you. It's through Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, it's the whole reason we have church. It's the gospel. The whole reason we do what we do is because of Jesus. Everything in Scripture focuses on Him. Everything we do focuses on Him. He is our hope. He is our Savior. Maybe today you're feeling far from God. Today's your day to be saved. See, the gospel is this. Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died and rose again so your sins could be forgiven. And if that's you, you want to be saved. You want to be changed. You want to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Just lift it up. Just lift it up. Just raise it up. Just say, yeah, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior, wherever you are. Just raise raise your hand to surrender to Him. 
to allow this everlasting Father, this wonderful Counselor, this mighty God, this Prince of Peace to, to, to be revealed to you. You can know Him and walk with Him and talk to Him and be with Him. If that's you, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you and you'll be changed. Let's all pray together. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I need a Saviour. I want to live for you and know you all the days of my life. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, can we celebrate how great our God is?